This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bite, hosted by superfan and actual know-it-all Kyle Armstrong on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Welcome back to another edition of Forward Bite here on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong. This week, we're going to talk to special guest Greg Satterley. This is episode number 22, and I felt it was... Uh, perfect timing to talk to a driver of none other the car number 22 out of indiana pennsylvania but before we get to him on the phone uh, i've got a few news and notes uh, section things to go over before we get there we had some uh, pretty big races this weekend in the super late models uh starting thursday night there was a big race up at tyler county speedway for that new flow castro series and jonathan davenport picked up to win ten thousand to win tyler herb was second and kyle larson was third pretty good little race up there it was really exciting it looked like herb was going to get him there late in the going um and then the word of the night the key word of the night in super late model racing was davenport because right after that uh there was another race in another part of the country at davenport speedway davenport iowa and billy moyer picked up to win that was an exciting race there he was he was just back and forth for the uh for the for the lead with jason papich the whole time and uh there's no telling how many lead changes occurred in that race it was a very spectacular one to watch that was on thursday night of last week and then friday night uh jonathan davenport went over to mountain motorsports park in kentucky and picked up a four thousand dollar to win slurring all-stars race and there was a bunch of other races going on that night but We'll uh, skip over to Saturday real quick and talk about the Lucas Oil race at Hagerstown Speedway, Hagerstown, Maryland. 15000 to win. It was one of the biggest races they've had there in quite some time. Ricky Thornton Jr. looked like he was on his way to, the, to pick up the win, and Tim McCready passed him on the last lap. Tim McCready also picked up the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series points lead by winning that race. Brandon Overton picked up the win in the Ultimate Series down at Modoc, South Carolina, Modoc Speedway. It was the Jack Sturette Memorial, and Brandon Overton picked up the win. By the way, happy birthday to Brandon Overton, 30 years old, man. Uh, happy birthday to you if you're listening, and uh, if you see him at the track this weekend, wish him a happy birthday. Uh, Mike McCarter picked up the win in Southern All-Stars action at Smoky Mountain Speedway in Maryville, Tennessee on Saturday night. Uh, Josh Rice, we had him on the show a couple of weeks ago. He picked up the win at florence speedway saturday night for a regular weekly show over robbie hensley and uh so that was a that was kind of what went on then yesterday it was pretty much all eyes were on port royal speedway where jonathan davenport picked up his first lucas oil win of 2021 over shane clanton brandon shepherd chris ferguson finished fourth and stormy scott was fifth greg satterley was sixth we'll talk to him in just a little bit and talk to him about his uh about his night there last night at port royal and his uh and his busy race weekend um last week there was some pretty big news that dropped uh you know there have been a lot of cryptic tweets and rumors but we finally got the eldora speedway announcement we've been waiting on the famed eldora or the famed ohio dirt track announced their full slate of 2021 races and the return of fans for the first time since 2019 the track has 24 events on the schedule because of missed events in 2020 eldora will hold not one but two dirt late model dreams with one paying 127,000 to win and the other paying 126,000 to win the two dreams are scheduled for June 10th and the 12th. And then in September, the action continues when Eldora will hold two World 100s for late models, with the first one on September 8th 
and the second on September 11th. Those will be the 51st and 50th World 100s. Those two weeks of racing should be pretty incredible for both the fans and competitors, especially with Eldora allowing fans once again on the property. So uh, looking forward to that. That's going to be pretty cool. Uh, A lot of good racing coming up this year. A lot of stuff to look forward to this coming weekend. We've got... uh, we got some races coming up this weekend in the Lucas Oil Series at Tri-City and others, so uh, pay attention to that. And, of course, the World of Outlaws are back in action this weekend with races at Richmond, Kentucky. And where else were they going here? The World of Outlaws will also be in action April 24th this Saturday night at Brush Creek Speedway in Peebles, Ohio. And then the next week after that, it's going to be a pretty big weekend for the World of Outlaws as they've got a two-day show at Boone Speedway in Boone, Iowa, April 30th and May 1st. And the super late models are actually going to start three wide for the first time in the history of the sport, like just like they do for the Boone Super Nationals up there. They start all those uh, feature races three wide. So that'll be interesting to keep an eye on, man. If you're in the area up there, that would definitely be a good show to go check out as I believe this is one of the first times that a big super late model national tour has uh, raced at Boone, at least in uh, recent memory for sure. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and on the other side of the break, we'll go out to the Andy's Towing Hotline and we'll call Greg Satterley and we'll see what he's got on his mind today. Joining us now on the Andy's Towing Hotline, we're going to go up to Indiana, Pennsylvania and talk to Greg Satterley about his racing career and life and times and a little bit of everything in between. So, uh, What's going on, Greg? Uh, we're just uh, spending the evening at home here, just cutting some grass and hanging out with the family. Doing regular uh, regular family man, working man things, huh? <laughs> yep. I hear you. Well, so you got the. Uh, we'll go ahead and talk about the races that you ran this weekend. You got to run at, uh, at Hagerstown and Port Royal, as far as I know. There may have been another one in there, but... Uh, but yeah, well, so whenever the Lucas Oil Series comes to town and comes to your hometown and backyard, I always look at you and think, man, he's going to be, uh, you don't want to count him out. And uh, you actually you actually had a pretty good couple decent runs there this weekend. Yeah, we did. Uh, when those guys, you know, the, the touring series comes to the tracks close by, it's always important to have a good run and, you know, show try to have a strong showing for the for the region so we had uh we had two really good nights i i guess i'm not gonna lie and say i was really hoping to be in contention to win uh, a night but we were close and I, I think we have something to build off of for for when the outlaws come to port royal in a couple weeks yeah no doubt i didn't get to watch uh the race at hagerstown so i don't know much about what happened but i did get to watch last night and um if i can if if I'm uh, reading this right, or if I'm thinking about this right, you know, in the heat race there, you uh, got outran by Shane Clanton, and uh, Shane Clanton went on to finish second. I was just thinking, man, if somehow you could have beat him in that heat race and started a little closer toward the front, because these guys in the Lucas Oil Series are so tough to race with. I mean, I think you might have uh, had a shot to win that thing, really, for sure. Yeah, I mean, anytime you can put those guys behind you, for the start of the race that is tremendously important and the less cars you have in front of you you know the more air you have to on your car and the less you know dirty racetrack that that you're trying to race on so um i was able to move forward a little bit it just it's hard it's it's always hard to pass you know the the track was in great shape as always but um just need to be a tick better to keep pace with those guys for the whole race and just tweak on the car a little bit and you know make the right tire choice and 
we're, we're really, really close, so I'm happy with where we're at. But just we just need to do a little bit of work, and I think we're going to be right there. Oh, definitely. I um, I got a quick question, I guess, uh, concerning the track. Uh, they had a little quick rain shower there, a rain delay. Did that do much to change the track? It didn't really look like it did from TV. I think it made it a little bit more dirty and dusty for a little bit, just from the, the little bit of the quick rain shower. But for the most part, it, it they reworked it and got it all packed back in, and it was right back to about where it was, I think, after the B main. So uh, they handled the situation quickly and got us back on track. And uh, the, the, the the track was in really good shape for the feature. Uh, it was fast and wide open, and you could pass. It was It was good. Yeah, I have a lot of people that come on this podcast. Like last week, I had uh, David Strimmy, and he's moving up there to that area because he likes it so well. But, man, what is it about that track, Port Royal, and that place? It just makes it tick. A lot of people are really bragging about it here lately. Uh, they just – I think they – it seems like all the track crew, and, I, you know, I don't want to cut any other racetracks down, but they just have a lot of pride in their, in their racetrack, their facility. They, they treat all the racers – they're very uh it's just always a pleasure going there you know they you, you don't go unnoticed anytime you pull in they thank you for coming you know um and it maybe off time doesn't go any further than that but it's they they always take care of their track they um just seems like they take the extra step and they have a lot of good people that uh are involved and it just i, I think they've got a all the all the equipment to do it, all the the resources, you know, financially, and they're they're just always taking another step forward to make the place better and have bigger races. So um, that's off to the track and everyone at Port Royal. It's uh, definitely one of our favorite places to go race. Or I guess fortunate to be close close by to be able to do it often. Yeah, it seems like it's uh, became one of the top-notch facilities here in the, on the East Coast. And, and, yeah, all the things you said are accurate. And, I mean, it seems like it uh, seems like, and uh, we're really lucky to have that in our backyard as dirt guys to have such a nice place. Well, it's not in my backyard. It's in your backyard. But to have something like that where we can go race and it's a nice place and everything. So, yeah, so you've uh, so you've kind of – so a couple of years ago you ran uh, full-time on the Lucas Oil Series. And then now you're just kind of uh, back, you know, dabbling around the – around your uh, home state but you're picking up a lot of wins i'm sure that this i know the answer but uh, how did that really uh help you learn a lot to to come back and bring some of that knowledge back and really uh really whip up on those guys and take a lot of the three grand five grand to win shows around home uh you know it definitely helped us learn how to adapt to track conditions you know more quickly um we've got a really strong group of cars we race against every week at home. So, you know, uh, those races aren't easy to win. You know, there's always a handful of cars every night, you know, when we race regionally that, that are capable of winning. But I think racing being, or, you know, having the opportunity to race with those guys for two years straight, uh, just helped me learn as a driver to adapt to the track as the night progresses and adapt adjust our car as the night progresses, you know, no matter what the situation is. So it's just all about staying on top of the, you know, the, your, your, your game at all times. You know, if you slip for any period of time, you're going to get beat. So, uh, just learn, it just makes you learn to be a better racer. We had a, you know, our team grew a little bit with just making better decisions, tire choices, uh, you know, everything from, 
qualifying clear through to the feature. So um, we're still learning. I, I'm still learning. I'm hoping to, you know, get better and be in contention to win some of these bigger races around home, you know, here real soon. But uh, we're getting there. And, you know, we got good – I got really good help. Uh, we got good equipment. So it's it's just a learning process. And just some guys – some guys adapt quicker than others, and we're, I'm just trying to get there as, as quick as we can. Yeah, you mentioned good help. Uh, I mean, you've got uh, one of the top names in all of Dirt Lake Model Racing history, Crew Chiefs, you know, Robbie Allen, working on your stuff for you. How's that relationship been, and how did you kind of get hooked up with him? Oh, it's good. Uh, I think we've been together for nine or ten years now, I I think if my math is right, it's maybe nine years or 10 years. So, um, it's, it's, it's the same thing with, you know, cars, I think crew chief driver, it's just a constant learning curve that you're just trying to, to get in line with each other on what, what I want to feel in the car or what he thinks we need to do, you know, to make the car go faster. Um, well, you know, we've got a really good relationship. We've got a good friendship and it's all, it's a lot of fun to work with them. He's, he's very smart. He's knows his stuff. Um, but it, you know, it's, I think it's a, a learning game for him too. There's a lot of technology that's changed over the years, you know, since we started working together and you know, the new, the new cars shock stuff's changing, you know, the, the technology of the spring smashing and, uh, doing all that with your car is progressing every year. So it's a lot to stay on top of. And I think we're learning and I think we're as, we're as close as I think we've ever been to really being where we need to be. So it's, we're going in the right direction and we're trying to use our heads and do the right thing and make good calls. And I, I we, we've been doing that. So I'm, I'm really happy with where we're at. Yeah. The technology changes every day. It's, it's unreal. Uh, these cars, man, I, I find it hard. I find it like it would be a little discouraging for a younger guy to, uh, really want to come in and, and, and do this anymore i mean there's a lot of work that goes into these cars and the and the knowledge and everything isn't there yeah that's and it's just constantly changing and you know if you have just a couple trips you know we race regionally or it seems like the same type of package works you're on the same tires each weekend so it makes it a little bit easier but you know the, the younger guys that are out there traveling and going you know to different states different regions of the country racing on different tire rolls that is a lot to keep up with and really the only way to do it and learn is to just do it you know take uh take the good nights enjoy them take the bad nights and learn from them and just keep your head up and just keep after it uh it's not an easy thing to do and you know i i didn't start till i was you know a lot older i guess than some that you see racing these days but it's it's tough. Uh, you know, if you've got good backing and, you know, good help and, uh, a lot of desire, you know, you can, you can make it happen, but it's, it's, it, there's a couple of nights you're probably gonna leave the track really with your head hanging, but that's, uh, that's part of it. I'm, I'm sure what, what we go through or what, you know, it's no different than anyone else. And even the best cars in the country, uh, you see struggle from time to time. And that's, uh, it's kind of crazy how it works, how the ups can be up and the downs can be so down, but, you don't see any car not go through those, those, uh, you know, those fluctuations. So it's, it's a roller coaster. I think everyone says that and it's, it's no lie. It's enjoy the enjoy when everything's rolling. And when it's bad, you just got to keep digging and get yourself out of it. 
Yeah, exactly. And you hit the nail on the head there. I was not really knocking these young. There's a bunch of good young talent in the sport right now, but I guess what I was kind of saying, and you hit the nail on the head, if you don't have the right people behind you and the, uh, and the support and the, uh, you know, how to set the car up and what tires to run and all that, I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to have nothing to show for it. And that's exactly what you're saying. And, uh, yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. So yeah, and it's, it's, it makes it fun, but it's, it is challenging and it's, you just have to be on your game at all times. And like I said, it all starts every night with qualifying and, uh, you just can't get behind because it's really hard to recover from, from a mistake you make, you know, even in a heat race, you know, one bad corner can ruin your whole night. And that's, that's the reality of it is you get passed by a couple cars and you just really shot yourself in the foot. So, um, but that's, that's what makes it fun. It's, it's a challenge and, it's it's a lot of fun when you run well and it's rewarding to get wins yeah for sure well you mentioned you kind of got a late start on your racing career Uh, i just was wondering um how did you kind of get your start and then also uh just i guess tell us some of your history of uh, some of your family's racing background and the history and kind of how how you came to be and uh and fell into it like you did yeah well growing up my uh my uncle david raced um you know kind of in the area, Lernerville, Challenger, Marion Center. And I went to the races every weekend. My dad was his uh, main crew guy, so I went every weekend and helped and watched. Really always enjoyed racing, but never really, not so much had a desire to race, just never really seemed like that was going to be a you know be a thing. He was the guy that raced, and we just went and helped. And um, As he kind of started to slow down with it, my dad really, he's he's always had a really strong desire for wanting to race and, work on the cars and, you know, try to make them go fast. So we got a car when I was, I want to say 20 or 21 and, or 22, I think. And, uh, I've got a street stock car and raced for a year and my uncle kind of was just getting a little further out of it. And we got a late model and just started racing the way he did, you know, locally was raced at Lernerville every weekend, which is about an hour from my house and Marion center, which is about, less than five minutes from my my house where i grew up and just like any local weekend racer you know you go and race every weekend and work on the car at home every night and um kind of progressed to being able to win local shows and you you know you want to you want to do more so we branched out raced some more regional events where you know the world of outlaw stuff when they were in the area um we did that for I want to say about five or six years we raced on our own. And then, uh, in 2012, uh, we started, uh, I guess we hired Robbie, moved our operation to Hagerstown to, out of his shop to work, um, on the cars. And that's where we are now. You know, we raced mo- way more regionally with him. And then we did the Lucas thing there in two, for two years, I think it was 18 and 19. Um, yeah. And we're just like, just keep cranking away and, you know, we're having fun and that's kind of where we're at with it right now. We're just race where we want to, when we want and, you know, not get too far from home. He has a family that, you know, I think he's in a position where in his life where he doesn't want to be gone, you know, for weeks at a time on the road. And, um, I'm, I'm in the set, you know, I have a, a family at home and I guess we're fortunate to be able to race this way. And that's, you know, just, how we want to do it. So we're, we're, we're sticking a little closer to home and 
everyone seems to be enjoying themselves and that's that's where we're at well we're going to take a quick break greg but coming right up we'll talk to more with greg satterly on the forward bike podcast on the speed sport podcast network Want to find out how folks go from humble beginnings in the world to their dream job in motorsports? Tim Packman sits down every week to get you the inside scoop. It's how I got here, and the latest episode is available now on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, NASCAR Digital Media, and your favorite podcast platforms. Well, we're talking to Greg Satterley, the truth here on the Andy's Towing Hotline. Well, Greg, I've always wanted to ask you, and I'm not sure if I've ever heard the answer, but the truth, how did you get such a cool nickname like that? Uh, that came from Rick Eshelman, the, uh, world of outlaw announcer, uh, had said, right when we first started dabbling into the, you know, the more national scene, um, he was announcing then obviously still. So, um, he started announcing it and I, I had asked him, you know, what, so what's the deal with this, this name, the truth. And he said, well, that's just what you are. And that's, that's what we're going to call you from now on. And I said, well, good enough. And it's. It stuck. I, uh, <laughs> I think that was probably back in 2010 or 11. So it's, it's been around for a while and it's, uh, it's definitely unique. So, you know, I like it. It's different. It's, uh, I guess everyone has their, their nicknames that the announcers call it, but I, you know, I, it's certainly stuck. You know, I hear it all, all the time and I have it printed <laughs> on my shirts and koozies and hats and everything and everything that we do, we make pretty much has it on there. So it seems to, have a good following and it's uh so brick's the one that came up with it and it's it's certainly been pretty popular i wonder how many nicknames he's really given guys over the years and i was going to mention that to you you've branded it you've uh you've accepted it pretty well you've got it's i can go on your website and there's like tabs off to the side that say the, the truth and then you've got it on your merchandise and uh, you've really uh you've really made a built a brand out of that so uh so yeah, that's cool to see i don't know if you've uh if you've given rick eshelman any of those uh proceeds or not but it's pretty cool yeah like i said it it's uh i was kind of scratching my head at, at first just you know I, I guess anytime someone starts calling you something you've never been called before it takes a while to, to to settle in or to to become nor- more normal feeling but uh it i guess it all it all worked out and it's it's pretty popular now so yeah and you may have not even heard it the first time he announced it because you might have been in the car and you were out there qualifying and he now he just probably announced it if i'm if i'm uh, imagining this right and and uh, you heard people start calling you that and you're like what the hell (laughs) well that's why i had to i so set me straight on this here rick like what what's the deal what is what does this mean and he's like that's just what you are he said you're the truth and i said yeah. Okay. I said we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll go with that. So, yeah, I don't know if we got. Uh, you you were talking about your racing background. I don't know how far we got into that story where we took a quick break, but uh, but yeah, it was interesting, man. You've uh, you kind of you kind of had a pretty good little career going there, and you know, like I said, you you uh, ran those two full time Lucas Oil seasons, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Uh, the World One Hundred. You finished second to Jonathan Davenport back in two thousand seventeen at the World One Hundred. And this year they're mm-hmm. going to run two World 100s, two dreams as well. But I just thought I wanted to get your uh, opinion on what your thoughts are on getting the chance to go there and race for double paychecks in one week. Well, um, I guess Eldor is in that that same category of tracks that are sort of are always, you know, taking steps forward and trying to get the racers more money and bigger races, bigger payouts. Um, 
so yes, that's uh, that's a really good thing. Um, if if you believe this or not, I don't think I've made a feature at Eldora since I finished second at the World 100. So that shows you yeah. how how uh, quick things can change. Um, for you know, I think that was two thousand and two thousand seventeen was when you were seventeen. Yeah. Okay, so. 18, 19, 20, three years, went to the dream in the world, didn't, haven't made a race. I mean, I think we've had issues on about at least half of them with flat tires or blowing an engine up or maybe getting into a wreck, just a lot of stuff that's out of our control. But um, really, we've, we've not been very good there. And we've kind of gone back and tried to keep dabbling towards stuff that we did that weekend because we were so, so good and so competitive and really had, had a car I was good enough to win. You know, if you run second and you have a little luck on your side, you're, I guess I'm going to say you're good enough to win. So yeah, for sure. Uh, it's been kind of depressing going there here the last couple of years. Cause we've just not been able to get anything to click, but, um, plan on going back this year and, um, we're just going to try to get back to where we were there a couple of years ago. I know it was a, that was a really fun weekend that, uh, that place is a lot of fun to run around there when you're when your car is right. That's for sure. And when it's not, it's it's a uh, it's a total nightmare basically because there's so many cars and it's it's really hard to get behind there and, and make up ground. But uh, we're planning on going back. You know, the the double dream race and then the the two world 100s and hopefully we can kind of just reset. Kind of have to go back there every time with just a fresh fresh uh, clean slate and. You know, everyone's in the same boat, so you go back and hopefully we can have some success. We've ran well there. I've qualified for lots of races and ran lots of 100-lap races there, but just really only had a lot of success like that just that one time. But if you get your car right, uh, you know, anyone can do it because, you know, oh, I went and ran second. So, I mean, it's it's not out of reach, so. We'll try again here in a couple months. I think it could be your year, Greg. I think, uh, yeah, I, I can remember that night too. I was up there, and I've I don't I, I rarely miss a race at Eldor. Obviously, we didn't get to go last year with the COVID shutdown and all that. But, um, but yeah, I was there, and I can remember. Uh, you seemed pretty, uh, pretty. You were like you were like happy but sad about running second, and uh, you know it seemed like uh, seemed like you thought there was just a little bit more in the tank. Maybe if there would have been a caution, like I don't remember the exact details of that race it was a long time ago, but. Yeah, I think uh, I think you'll go back up there and have a good shot this year. I think so. Um, I know we've always talked. You know, Robbie's never. He said he's that's one race he's never won, and you know, I would really like to try to win a World 100 for him, and you know, for for me too, and my dad and my family, because you know we've been racing a long time, and uh, I think that's right. I would bet if you asked a hundred late model drivers what what their uh, number one win would be and they would probably i'd say 90 percent of them are going to say the world 100 so um yeah. everyone's gunning for the you know the, the the globe trophy and to get up on that stage so um i know we can do it i i, I know i can do it we just we just you got to have some luck a lot of things have to fall your way i mean you can go there and have the best car and something happens you you got to get through the first corner in the heat race you got to qualify good you got to hope no one you know takes your air cleaner off yeah every lap. You, you know just driving like an idiot because just guys take chances and do things that sometimes you're the victim of and uh it, it's just all part of it so you just gotta you gotta take your 
take your licks and just ride out the storm and wait, you know, for your, your, your night. But, uh, and there's guys that, you know, Davenport goes there and he runs well, you know, all the time, Dale McDowell, you know, Brandon, there's a, there's a group of cars there that seem to always be up there, but, uh, they're tough to, they're, they're, it's tough to put a whole weekend together and that's what it takes. So we just gotta, gotta get the, get there, have a good balance when we get unloaded and just put a couple good nights together. And, you know, I, we can do that again. It just, it's gotta have everything fall our way. Yeah. I was going to just say every lap counts when you're at Eldora with all those, uh, heat race points and qualifying points and, uh, yeah. And it's going to be, it's going to mean even more this year. You know, there's only going to be one preliminary night before you go into that final race. So the format will be a little bit different. So, uh, so I think that's going to make it all the more important to run good every uh, single lap. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's just, like I said, one bad corner where you, you know, maybe overdrive the corner and have to have to lift just because of maybe a mistake you made behind the wheel or, and four cars pass you and it's like okay that whole night is shot because of one mistake and it's it's the reality is it's that important that you can't make any mistakes yeah i I mean and it doesn't even have to be your mistake guy in front of you gets crossed up and you have to get on the binders or get into him or something i mean and it's just it's wrecked from there so yeah it's it's a tough deal to make and like uh you know you just like you said you know you finished second and then you didn't even make it in the next couple of years it just goes to show you that 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 really is a real deal, tough race to win. And, and, and whenever you do pick up the win, I expect to see you jumping up and down, down there, maybe do a couple backflips. Yeah. Well, probably no backflips, but maybe be pretty excited on the top of the car. That's yeah. uh, I, I usually don't get too worked up. I, I try to keep myself as calm as I can when I'm racing. So sometimes after I win, I don't know, some people say you're, you should be more excited. And I, you just have myself try to, be so calm for when I'm racing and not get excited, you know, counting the laps down and getting all out of sorts. So a lot of times it takes a while for it to sink in, you know, when you, when you get out of the car, but that's, I, I think if we would win that one, uh, I'd probably be pretty wound up. I don't think, uh, I don't, I don't know if I've ever really talked to you much or, you know, I don't know if I've ever really talked to you in person, but you seem like one of the calmest, most laid back drivers in the sport. Maybe, Maybe Dennis Herb Jr. is maybe a little bit calmer than you. And Dennis Herb Jr. got out of the car when he won the dream, and he was jumping up and down. So, <laughs> I, I I remember that I, I yeah. was there that night. I don't remember if I was in the race or watching, but I do remember it. Uh, he was pretty emotional and pretty excited. So I I I think you'd be pretty hard pressed to win a race at Eldora, or one of the main features, and not be super pumped. So, um, yeah. hopefully, I get the opportunity to show. Uh, see how i react whenever i come out (laughs) that's right yeah i'm looking forward to getting back up there this year man it's been a long time since we've uh i don't know how it's been like 700 days or something i think since we'll get to since the world 100 again so something like that but it's it's overdue man to get the chance to go back up there uh well greg what's a day in the life of greg satterly like on a weekly basis uh i work at the, or whatever, I guess what was our family business. I work in the office there dispatching fuel trucks. So get up and work at 7 a.m. every day and work till five and sit at a desk and talk on the phone and put orders into the computer and do a bunch of, uh, I guess, logistics and stuff with truck, truck routing, um, for, uh, fuel sales, uh, off-road diesel and, uh, home heating oil 
selling bulk diesel fuel. So uh, that's my average day. I get to go to work every day and home every night with, uh, with my family. I got a three-year-old daughter, so I could come home and see her every day. So it's it's good. Um, I like being able to get away and go racing on the weekends. But uh, it's always nice to get home and you know be uh, be with the family. So that's I guess for now what's most important, and that's uh, fortunately what I get to. That's that's my average day. Work and come home and tonight I'm mowing the grass and just hanging out. So yeah, it sounds like a pretty good schedule to be on for sure. And uh, and then I assume that uh, I mean I don't know this for a fact, but I guess I'll ask you. Uh, Robbie Allen, he pretty much just takes care of your car, and you just uh, sounds like you just show up and and drive it. So they've got all that taken care of while you go out and get your business taken care of. Yeah, uh, his shop is right at his house there in Hagerstown, Maryland. So. Uh, He's able to do all, all the stuff on the car during the week, him, and we got a, a, a guy that helps him, Drew. <clears throat> and, yeah, I show up at the racetrack or I meet them between his shop and wherever we're going, and, you know, we go and race when we're done. At the end of the weekend, I get my bag and jump in my vehicle or wherever we end up, and I get to go home, and he takes everything back to his shop and gets it ready, and um, it comes back the next week, you know, 100% ready to go. So um, they do a – phenomenal job uh i don't think we could ask for a better prepared race car every week so um we got a like i said we got a really good thing going uh, i think we're really fortunate to be able to race how we do and um we got you know i got a really good team we got really good help we got a really good car um good engines shocks you know we got the whole deal going so we're just gonna keep racing and uh hopefully we can keep clipping some wins off and, you know, running well when the, when the touring series come to town and we talked about all the Eldora races coming up, you know, there's a lot of racing coming up. So uh, we're going to hopefully keep cranking and get some more wins. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of races coming up and that was going to be one of my next questions here. Um, so what are some races in the next, in the near future, in the next two or three weeks, you've got circled on your calendar that you're going to go race? Uh, this coming weekend is, is sort of up in the air. Uh, we're, we're looking at that atomic race on Thursday that, uh, the Castrol race, we might show up there, but I, I don't know this weekend. We're, we're, we're sort of tentative on where we might end up, but the following weekend, I think there's a 8,500 to win at Bedford speedway, which is just, I think a little over an hour from my house. And then the weekend after that, there's, I believe two world of outlaw races at Port Royal. Um, so the, uh, all the big races at Port Royal for sure, you know, the Lucas race there in August, uh, Lernerville for the firecracker. I've always wanted to win that race. Seems like we just never really have a good showing that weekend for some reason. So, uh, one of these years I'm going to get to Lernerville and have a good weekend and be up front, try to win that race. Um, but just, you know, just the regional ones that are close by, they, they're all important. They're all, they're all fun to, to go and, you know, race with the, the guys around home, you know, we get to race with, you know, Jason Covert and Rick Eckert and Mason Ziegler, uh, Jeff Ryan, you know, Max Blair, guys like that every weekend. And they're a lot of fun to race with. They, you know, they're, they race hard and they're, you know, they're really good. You know, you, see, you can see Mason or Eckert or any of those guys win a world of outlaw race somewhere, uh, anywhere, you know, they're good cars that we get to race with every week. So, um, yeah, you've hopefully got a, we just keep keep rolling and wherever we end up whatever race it is that you know we're competitive yeah you've got a strong region of competitors up there greg 
Well, Greg, we uh, we were definitely appreciate your time, and I need to let you get back to cutting your grass. It sounds like the birds <laughs> are still chirping in the background, and and the grass is growing, and we got to get you back to work. But before we let you go, uh, I want to give you a chance to thank some of your marketing partners and uh, who helps you out on that on that machine. And uh, you know, so go ahead and go run down uh, that list. Yeah, like I said, the, just my family, my dad. Uh, you know, my dad and mom been behind me ever since we started this this whole deal. And my wife, uh, Kelsey, she she helps. You know with t-shirt sales and stuff like that. So I, you know, I can't forget to, to thank her with that. Uh, uh, my crew chief, Robbie Allen, uh, Drew is the tire guy. Uh, we got John that comes and drives the truck, all those guys, you know, that help help with that part of it. And then, uh, sponsors, um, you know, rocket chassis, Integra shocks, Kaiser manufacturing, uh, VP racing fuels, uh, FCO brakes, uh, uh, stumbling here for a second. Uh, <laughs> you're good. Hoosier Tires, Kaiser Wheels, All About Wraps. Uh, they do our decals. They do a great job on that. Uh, MSR Mafia, he does my website. Uh, everyone that that uh, helps out. Uh, we switched to Clements Racing Engines here at the end of last year. They've been uh, really, really strong. We've had a lot of success with them so far. Uh, and, you know, everyone that's helped us in the past get to this point. You know, people that have helped that maybe aren't on board now. But uh, anyone that's lent a hand, you know, you know, just, you know, drivers that have helped out over the years with driving tips, uh, you know, everyone, you know, Mark Richards at Rocket, you know, they've been helpful. Brian Doherty and Integra, you know, people that are just always trying to get you one step ahead of where you're at. Um, you know, you can't do it without all the all the support. And if anyone I'm missing, I guess I apologize. Uh, that's uh, Classic Inc. They do our T-shirts um, for, you know, our apparel sales and all the fans for, you know, um, buying T-shirts and hats and sweatshirts, you know, that, that helps us uh, get some, you know, extra money to, to buy tires and stuff. So all the all the support, no matter where it comes from, you know, we appreciate it. Absolutely, Greg. And I appreciate you for coming on the show tonight, man. And that's been a lot of fun talking to you. And uh, we'll think of some more questions, and we'll uh, have you back on here again one day in the future. How about that? That sounds good. Yeah, guys, uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, we appreciate, uh, appreciate you calling me absolutely thank you greg all right guys have a good evening thank you yep another episode of the forward bike podcast is in the books for this week i'm kyle armstrong i wanted to give a quick mention that we're now available on itunes spotify google and almost anywhere you can find your podcast so uh, check that out if you're uh if you're an apple fan and or if you've always wanted to listen to the show and you haven't or or you know somebody's got an apple phone you know tell them Tell them that they need to check us out now. They've got no excuse not to listen. We're out there on all the platforms. So, Also, if you're on iTunes, leave us a, a good review on there, and we may read that on the show in the near future. So, uh, so do that and check us out on all the social media platforms. We'll be posting a few things here and there, so uh, check us all out. Forward Bite. I'm Kyle Armstrong, like I said. Thanks, Greg Satterley, for coming on the show today. That was pretty cool to get car number 22 driver on the show for episode number 22. And... I think Greg enjoyed doing it, so uh, it was it was a lot of good information there that he gave, and uh, really appreciate him for coming on. So hopefully we'll see him at a racetrack here pretty soon, and uh, get to talk to him and hang out a little bit. So uh, until next week, I'm Kyle Armstrong. See ya. <laughs>